Big Fluff. Vicky, when you went to Florida, did you by any chance invite anyone for Christmas? I might have done. What else comes to Florida? When do you think that was a good idea, or that maybe you should have asked the host first? Did he come? They came. Is it who I think it is? <laughs> no way! Who is it, darling? Yeah, well, well, whoever it is, I'm gonna let them in, darling. I mean, it's cold outside. Let's see if they have come all the way from Florida. Christmas, everyone. Hey, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And we are bringing our Christmas month to a close. With Father Christmas is back, and here to talk about it with us is special guest, uh, actress, improviser, film producer, general woman about town, and Christmas calendar creator, Jill Vitko. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it, it was the, we were just talking about right before we started recording, the funniest thing that you, independently of us reaching out to you, watched this movie. <laughs> It was fate. It was meant to be yeah. that you yeah, come on. Was... Here. Yeah. Yeah. The day that this was on my calendar is when Andy's like, hey, <laughs> this is the film that we've chosen for this month. So it was perfect. What drew you to Father Christmas's back? I mean, I knew that. So, okay, when I make the calendar, I like try to get in all the new movies and this was a new one and it does have a good cast i was like i must watch this because it's it seems like it seems like it would be good you know and uh it's different at least from like the rom-com christmas movies it's like the family ensemble christmas so yeah it, it looked promising yeah yeah no i was just curious because i know for me and andy i'm pretty sure 90% of it was Kelsey Grammer. So I just wanted God. to check. <laughs> We've been yeah. obsessed with Kelsey Grammer ever since we watched uh, a film called Money Plane uh, okay. last year on the podcast, uh, where he played uh, Darius Grouch, a.k.a. Got The it. Rumble. <laughs> so, And uh, it's just a, a cheesy heist movie, and he plays like the bankrolling, double-crossing crime boss. And okay. uh, is delight. I like to think that it's all set in the same universe and he's now gone into witness protection as a father, as the estranged uh -huh. father of a British family. And it's, it's all related. Well, yeah, I mean, I yeah. every Kelsey Grammer movie all takes place in one world. <laughs> I mean, Christmas, well, Christmas is a super fake last name. So first of all, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> but it's funny because I thought of the movie like father that he was in with Kristen Bell, where he plays the same character, like in a strange father. So I'm like, maybe it's, he's the same dad and this is his other family that he <laughs> He's just setting up franchises around the world. Yeah. This is all gonna lead to one, one big film. 
just one big episode of Mari Povich and <laughs> right is he the father we don't know <laughs> and that's a, a nice tease for the twist of this movie too is he the father that's that's true <laughs> That is true. <laughs> yeah, we're well past spoiler warnings on this podcast, but uh, there is a yeah. twist about fatherhood. So if you want to know what it is and you haven't watched the movie yet, it's on Netflix. Check it out and then then come back and listen to the rest. We'll wait. Are All we right, waiting? Kevin, I didn't know if we were yeah, waiting. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, you know, we're doing that bit where we pretend to wait yeah, yeah. and don't wait. It's classic yeah. podcast comedy. Classic. <laughs> You know what's fun about the shared universe thing, too, is John Cleese was in an episode of Cheers. Right. Uh, so they could uh. both be the same characters. This could be <laughs> Fraser Crane and the psychiatrist that told him and Lilith not to get married, that they were a terrible couple. Or no, it was uh. Sam and no, it was Sam and Diane that were the terrible couple, I think. But yeah, or was it Fraser and Diane or Fraser? I don't know. Some couple was bad and John Cleese was trying to <laughs> warn them. But I remember that Kelsey Grammer was there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's start with John Cleese. Okay. Um, because I love John Cleese. I love Monty Python. Uh I thought that I was very confused as to who his character was until almost two thirds of the way through the movie. And I think that was poorly executed. Yeah, I feel like they didn't ever address who he was in the beginning. Then they confusingly had a scene with him in the stable uh, romancing the matriarch of the family, which made me think that maybe he worked in the stable like that. He was, you know, that was his job. But then, yeah, like super late in the movie, you figure out that he is actually the brother of Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, that was weird because I, I was just like, did I miss something? But yeah, yeah, it. Nope. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> and I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that in straightforward family ensemble Christmas feel good movies, you should never ask that question. Did I miss something like it should be pretty straightforward? Like this is the family. This is, you know, it's it's they're not like brain teaser movies. They should be simple in a right. lot of ways. But either way, it was. uh Yeah, it was just and then. Because it looked like the mother, like, it looked like he, she had just shown up to have the affair with the, the caretaker of the manor property. Because it was unclear, like, why he right. was even there before. Any, like, he just shows up with a bunch of ducks that he had killed. And, you know, classic behavior yeah. of British property caretakers, if I've. <laughs> If I know anything yeah. about it, I'm, I'm something of an expert. Yeah, but. he did seem like more blue collar than everyone else a little bit. Like he had like a little mm -hmm. bit more grit than the rest of the family, which I which also made it confusing. Yeah, that's true. And then he ends up being the brother. And well, that was the other thing, because like when I was looking at the, the credits, they list him as Jack Christmas, you know, because mm -hmm. everyone has the Christmas name. And. It's like, so wait, I was trying to figure out where he fit in until they sort of, I was like, oh, wait, we forgot to tell everyone he was the brother. No one's going to pay attention. Let's just, <laughs> let's just let right. him know at the end. Jack, yeah, it really, it really was right at the end. Jack Christmas sounds like a Netflix diehard knockoff. 100%. <laughs> I would watch a Netflix diehard knockoff with John Cleese as Jack Christmas. I, I just want to put that into the world. Yeah, too. 100%. And at, I'm talking like 80 year old John Cleese. Too, yeah, now not, you know, I assumed yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. 
not 30 years ago when he when he was a, a more spry gentleman now <laughs> i mean um, we got a major fight scene in this film so i think we got a taste of what he's capable of bringing to the role uh in true. this movie well and that's the like i i feel like we should just because i think dancing around the twist is gonna make <laughs> talking about this movie more difficult yeah. Um, it's eventually revealed that the reason that Kelsey Grammer's character is estranged is because uh, his wife, uh, the, the, the matriarch of the family, had fallen in love with John Cleese. And uh, John Cleese was the father of one of the daughters, the youngest daughter. Um, and so he was so, I guess, ashamed or sad about that, that he left for 27 years. Mm -hmm. Little, little thin uh, reasoning. but. Um, Either way, it just makes John Cleese's character kind of a jerk when, like, he knows about the whole situation. Right, yeah. And still sucker punches Kelsey Kramer as soon as yeah. he shows up. Yeah. Which maybe like, it goes to explain why he left for 27 years. <laughs> the, like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I cuckolded you to the point that you ran away, and now I'm going to punch you in the face the first time you show up. It's just, <laughs> you know, what, what an endearing character trait. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and not, I mean, and none of I mean, I understand why the people who didn't know what was happening didn't speak to him. But like, did his brother also not try to contact him after ruining his life? Yeah, try to make amends <laughs> in know? some way, shape, or form. Well, yeah. Like in some way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what's interesting about this movie is that in the beginning, you're sort of positioned to assume that Kelsey Grammer is the worst because yeah, so he hasn't yeah. talked to his family in 27 years. He shows up with a new fiance, <laughs> like a much young, like a woman that's younger than his daughters. He, that's how he comes back into their lives unannounced on Christmas. And you're like, this guy's a jerk. And then through the oh, and having dropped his English accent, Andy dropped his English accent because <laughs> I guess that was just in Kelsey Grammer's contract. He was like, I'm not doing a British accent. Yeah. Um, that, I was like, why? What? But, you hired the gram. You're getting the gram. That's all. Right. Like, this it. is all I can do. I don't know. But uh, but then uh, all of that. So you kind of think he's a bad guy. And then you find out like, oh, well, he found out that his wife had an affair with his brother and that she was pregnant and he couldn't face the the weight of that. And he just left and so then you cut and because kelsey Grammer also is a good actor like he has a few sympathetic scenes where you kind of like make a tilt on that guy and you're like oh okay i, I kind of get it but then when you go back and think about john cleese it just makes him a monster throughout this movie <laughs> yeah yeah and he seems indifferent yeah he it. doesn't care oh, like, and there's no moment of yeah. reconciliation between the two of them either no, like the youngest no, I, daughter. No, the only thing is oh, when he's like, uh, well, because John Cleese at the very end is like, you have behaved better than me. And like, that's all he says. Yeah. To that's it. Like, is that an apology? I mean, I mean that I, might be I a think, British I apology. England, that's yeah. a, a tear-filled apology. Yeah. I think that counts. I guess that's true. I guess like, that's in, true. In the English upper crust manor life, that is about as emotional and tearful as it gets. <laughs> um, But yeah, yeah. like, and then the youngest daughter, who has lived her whole life thinking Kelsey Grammer was her dad, who she'd assumedly never met. Yeah, I it's guess she almost was right. the reason. Because um, I, I would, yeah. it wasn't made abundantly clear, but it seemed like he left before she was born. Like as soon as she found out that mm -hmm. mom was pregnant without, that it wasn't his, that he, he bailed. And so then she goes on thinking this guy is her father. She decides to meet him, uh, you know, 
as an adult, she goes to Florida, she meets him. And that's when he realizes I have to come clean about all of my transgressions. When really John Cleese should have just like why this was a family issue for almost <laughs> three decades doesn't make an iota of sense. Well, and you find out no. that he's been kept in the loop, like the the wife is still communicating with him. So he's actually aware of everything that's happening. Right. He's just gone. Yeah. And even whenever she starts to tell them, he's like, oh, no, don't don't tell them. It's like, isn't this what you've been waiting for? <laughs> like, is this why you came here? It's very it's strange. Yeah, it, it's. <laughs> and that's like supposed to be the emotional driver of the story that doesn't really show up until the third act. And right. I, it, before that, it's just sort of a comedy of errors a little bit, but they're not really mm-hmm. trying to like, there's some classic stuff where like the presents that were supposed to be for the kids get delivered to the old folks home and the presents yeah. for the old folks home get delivered to the kids. And there's some, you know, so you see kids with like, you know, uh, hemorrhoid donuts and elderly citizens yeah. with like Oculus Rift goggles and, right. you know, hilarious. Also, I just want to I want to give a defense of the husband character because like those bags were identical and she just says the one on the left. Like, come on, you've set him up to fail, I feel like. And at the very least, he's getting that from upstairs. Like, check the bags before you deliver them. Yeah, but they probably well, wrap presents, too. So it might not. have That's helped. true. Because he does say like my left or, or like my right, mm-hmm. whatever. And then she's just like irritated with him but it's like classic like oh miscommunication and then all he had to do was be like please tell me the correct one yeah <laughs> like many comedies of error yeah <laughs> uh simple ask for clarification would probably kill all the humor i mean it's the same thing as the whole pregnancy thing you know right. i'm not gonna ask i'm just gonna leave. i'm just gonna assume my wife is cheating on me <laughs> Like mother, like daughter, even though he didn't know that yet. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm just going to storm out because that would, that might have given it a little more weight if they had found out a little earlier. So then he thought that his wife is doing the same thing. So maybe that right. like would have fueled that a little bit. But it yeah, it did all happen at the very end after what I felt like could have been the end of the film when they were at the bar. I was like, this could just end here. Yeah. Everyone's happy together. It's <laughs> like a nice moment. Yeah. But then it's like, no, we got <laughs> it's a lot more to come. We've rented the cameras for another four days. So like, we're going to let's just add some stuff. <laughs> See what happens. Um, yeah, I just the the bar scene was weird, too, because. I think like this movie just sort of I think a lot of its problems were narrative and script based to me uh, because I, they sort of hinted that the manor house was the husbands that he like it was like old he was like old wealth old you know right nobility whatever and that's why he had it but then it seemed like everybody in the town knew the christmas girls right and it like just that wasn't explained well like that they the reason they knew each other is because they're all they could have just a line of dialogue could have said it's like oh we grew up always looking at this manor now we get to have christmas here or whatever yeah and, something but either way um yeah and then they have the the scene at the uh at the pub and that could have been that could have been because everyone seemed happy in the their positions in life and that could have right. been the end of the movie it really if when the when i was watching it the first time i was like 
oh, this is ending, right? <laughs> and then I like looked and there was like 45 minutes left. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. I, I kind of wonder, like to me, it almost feels like I'd be curious if there was an original script that was maybe more dramatic because like it feels like this is kind of two movies. Like there's the the things that we've described, this like family secret father has left and he's returning home. And then there's also all of the like wackiness of switching presents and everything. But they felt like two very different movies. And I think that's it. Maybe the the first movie, the the like funny movie feels like it ends in the bar. And then it's like they left all the dramatic stuff in. But yeah, I'd be curious. Like it almost feels like there was a more serious version. And then Netflix bought it and was like, make it sillier, you know, and like there's a lot of there's a lot of (laughs) wacky sound effects and like sort of like the music is very you know, sort of like silly, you know, well, it's, it's like it has that very like faulty towers, like ridiculous soundtrack to it. That yeah, is yeah. like like and even though this is two different British comedic properties, it's almost like you'd expect Yakety Sax to show up at some point. If only. But if only. <laughs> I mean, that would have been just they could have ended the movie with that. Just them running around the, the, the manor while Yakety Sax was playing. But I'm always um, kind of hoping Yakety Sax will start playing when I watch a movie. And I'm usually disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it just there's just things like it just felt loose and not like in an improv improvisational way. Like I thought the actors like scene to scene felt really tight, but I thought like the connective tissue just like, oh well, now we're doing this part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, overall, it didn't really make sense. And yeah, it felt like it was a bumpy ride. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't think about it too much, you're like, oh, OK, like now we're here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing is like like you kind of said that at the very beginning, the cast is really good. So yeah. it, it has a really strong ensemble and it's well shot, like just on a technical right. level. So it's like it does kind of like lull you in. It's a very watchable movie, even though you're like, what am I watching but it's an easy yeah. watch. Well, and I think that we all made the mistake of watching it with a close critical eye. This movie is supposed to be on while you're baking cookies. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a good background movie. Right. Yeah. Like, and then then you just notice like, oh, look, Kelsey Grammer being uh, charming, but a little, you know, full of himself. Classic Kelsey. Right. And right. it's like, look at Liz Hurley look, looking down her nose at everybody wearing, right. you know, ridiculous clothes. <laughs> you know, all like it. If you're if you're, you know, baking cookies or putting up the tree or doing whatever, you'd never notice the narrative holes in this movie. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there any uh, do you have something, Joel? No, I was going to say, I I honestly feel like we could pivot. Like, I don't know like if there's anything else specifically that anyone wants to malign, but I'm I'm willing to kind of switch gears. Yeah, I, I'll I'll just say, like. Again, it's, I think, just a lack of focus. Like, the whole nativity play, they could have built that up more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they, yeah. it, like, seemed like a big deal for the kids, and then, like, they got, they got all the way through from, like, oh, crap, we, 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 we pitched a nativity play at the begin the first scene. Now we gotta, right. we gotta pay it off now. So. That's Chekhov. Yeah. I mean, it was Chekhov yeah. made that Chekhov clear. nativity play. <laughs> yeah. Classic, classic traumatic trope. Yeah. Uh, I, you yeah. know, before we, like, I guess in this, like, gray area, I do just want to ask you both, what did you think of the opening sequence? Like, the, everyone kind of, like, turning to camera and, like, staring into the lens. <laughs> right. The, uh, the Family Matters opening? Yes! Yeah. Oh my god. It's like very sitcom yeah. Yeah. 
I was I was fine with it. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, I didn't hate it, but it was jarring. (laughs) Yeah, it it was jarring. It was jarring. I feel like they're trying to like set you up for the wackiness, but it Mm -hmm. was like, what? Yeah, right. Because movies don't do that. Yes. (laughs) Like they just. Yeah, I can't think of. I'm sure there are other examples of movies having like true opening credits where they're like starring this person and this, but like. Not the way sitcoms do. Like, right. it, yeah, it's not. Um, but yeah, that that was a weird way to start the movie. And it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like that, it. I don't know if it set up expectations for it to be a wacky movie or like lulled you into a false sense of security for sort of the dramatic hit that was the reveal of the right. Yeah, I, I would, and everything. I would lean towards it setting you up for wacky because you get that, and then the very next thing is you see a, a pair of high heels climbing a ladder, and then the tree falls down on top of her, and then the husband says something oh, right. about like, "Oh, I know that you love Christmas, but you know you don't have to shag the oh, tree right. or some you know some line <laughs> yeah. like that." And so some that's great line, <laughs> a pretty wacky opening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is a very. <laughs> That is that is peak. That is about as wacky as British comedy gets. That's true. It was mm-hmm. funny too because I remember the high heels, and I was like, "That's weird, high heels on a ladder." And then once you get to know that character, I'm like, "That tracks actually that she would wear high heels." Or she doesn't yeah. own flats. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That, that she's far too posh to own any anything flat. Any, yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was just another. I think this is the gray area where like. She the the lead. Um, she did dress very demurely, but mm-hmm. like everyone just made fun of her relentlessly for it the whole movie, yeah. and that was sort of a weird, yeah, a weird thing. Uh, you know what? To, I yeah, c- yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh I, no! I was just gonna say, like, if they were cute outfits, yeah, they're thought, perfectly you know, fine. Like, yeah. Uh, no, I just wanted to say too because I did write this down in my notes. This movie is very horny. And I just want to note that, that like, because even her character, like, then has a, like, cut loose scene, you know, like, there's like, this is a surprisingly horny family Christmas movie. Like, I just do want to note that. (laughs) Right. Because the youngest daughter just repeatedly uh, has, like, fling with the bartender. And it's really just like, no, I'm going to I'm going to have sex with him. And then she does throughout the entire movie yeah and this is all like happening under the same roof that the whole family is staying in like in the yeah the one like sort more demure because we we find out that her and her husband have not had sex in a really long time which is why he is so concerned when he finds the pregnancy test but then she gets drunk at the bar scene and then like they actually like she does a very weird dance and then fake falls asleep like I thought that was funny. I like that. Yeah, it was good, but it was again that was like her cutting loose, you know. Yes. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, and then um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then um there's the weird scene in the barn with John Cleese and the mother that's like were they role playing? Right. Was he a stable like what was going like just because they, I feel like they hadn't locked in John Cleese's character. At well, that right, point. yeah. In hindsight, it feels right. like it's role playing, but you don't know that at the time <laughs> because they haven't established this character. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like trying to act like they weren't together the next morning, which just leads you to be more confused What's- if they're together especially, you know, like yeah, especially because if it's been twenty-seven years, why is he around? Like, right. Yeah. Like, what right. is the explanation for him being in their lives? I mean, he right. is their uncle. 
but, but like he's the only extended family there and he see, it seemed like yeah. he was might have been like did he and the mom were like staying there i see again i can't figure out who's staying there who lives there all that feels a little hazy i'm pretty sure chris marshall his wife and the kids live at the house but did yeah, the mom i think yeah i don't think the mom did because she was brought there in um with elizabeth hurley with elizabeth hurley and her oh, boyfriend okay. and then the Rice. uncle was just yeah where did he, he come from too? yeah he was just hunting geese and happened to be like oh look my my nieces and nephews that's what i mean it, it seemed like he was like he lived on the property that's yeah, very 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 confusing we still don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's maybe the sequel will clarify. Sure. The sequel Father Christmas is still here. <laughs> Father He's, Christmas won't he, leave. He never left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. um, I think before we truly pivot, because uh, I think this might fall in the gray area. But what were people's thoughts on Paulina, the Beatles obsessed sister? I Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That I think says yeah. it all. I think we got it. <laughs> I, you know what it is? I think that it, it exists. I think it's perfect in the middle area because I think it is, it's a big choice that they didn't play big enough. Like if you're gonna do it, do it way more, you know, like make it broader of the, like, it's just, it like, cause if she was just writing a paper, that would be fine. But then she had the haircut, like you got to push it, like make it so that she Every conversation, no matter what anyone says, she's steering it back to the Beatles. Right. Like, like she should have showed up to dinner in a Sergeant Pepper's jacket. Yes. Right. Yeah. Gone all the way. Gone, yeah. gone full, full Paul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was just kind of weird. It did. Yeah. Like it wasn't enough of anything to, to really for me to care about. It was just like, okay. Well, and just a weird choice to, yeah. Just to have like, and people being kind of off put by the fact that she's obsessed with the Beatles. Right. Like, they're the, sort of consensus greatest rock and roll band of all time right. yeah <laughs> like no and like no one is ever surprised when you say you like the beatles like that's yeah and i don't know if it's just because i don't live in england but it was it was weird to me when they said the fab four and everyone assumed it was take that and i was like is that a thing that happens does people no. mistake the fab <laughs> four for take that before the beatles like yeah i, I don't i don't i think <laughs> i don't think that's a thing <laughs> i was like am i just missing something in america because 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 uh, Robbie Williams didn't hit over here until right uh, like until as he went solo. I mean, Is look, take I that? did enjoy take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, they had some like '90s hits I enjoyed, but I would never first think of them as the Fab Four. No, <laughs> like it's yeah, it's definitely, it's it's definitely the, Beatles. the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a solid joke, I guess, that someone's like, "Oh, you mean take that?" Because, but. Yeah, but it was, I guess, because it wasn't funny. Like, right. maybe that's because yeah. it was like, wasn't yeah. funny. It was just like, this is confusing. But if it was funny, I would get it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that could be an English bit that, like, <laughs> yeah, like maybe, that, you know, or something. But, <laughs> but yeah, it just, I feel like they, they just sort of hedged their bets with the Beatles obsessed person mm -hmm. when, like, in a comedy when you're like the fourth or fifth down the list of most important character, you can have your thing be obsessed with the Beatles, and that's probably enough. Sure. Yeah. Well, they all, all the sisters kind of had one thing. Like, like it was like the, the one that was hosting, she was the host. She was the, like, very demure host. Then there was Elizabeth Hurley's, like, the, you know, serial dating 
the hot one, I guess. Like she's the, like, uh, and then there's, well, but then was the, the younger one was also the serial dating hot one. Well, the younger one was like the younger one. Like that was right. her thing is that she was like backpacking <laughs> through America. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 She was the capricious youth. Yeah. Also right. serial dating. Yeah. 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 And then Beatles obsessed. And, and then, then Beatles obsessed. Yeah. yeah. You know, the classic four children tropes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was you, you, have, you have the host, you have the hot, you have the hot one, you have the Beatles obsessed one, and you have the young one. Yeah, we already, uh, um, I mean, we already talked about Chekhov, and now we're getting into Joseph Campbell archetypes. So, like, we're really covering. <laughs> we're, I, this movie just goes deep in its uh, it really literary does. theory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's let. Uh, I, I think I think we're out of the gray. I think we can talk about the things that we liked. Okay, well, speaking of the Beatles thing, I did write down the line, even the Beatles didn't te- dedicate their lives to the Beatles, which I thought was a great line. Like, the A+. Plus. That, yes, that, yeah. was, that was a good... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that the, is funny. Yeah, yeah the Beatles were, spent five years as the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I enjoyed that. Um, no, that was a good line. Um, like, I would say, like, on a binary, did I like this movie or not? I definitely liked it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's not without its flaws, as I think we've already gone over. But um, like I thought just, you know, the family togetherness aspect of it, like everyone sort of coming together was really sweet. And you want that in a Christmas movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think I think it delivered on that aspect of the family Christmas ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone was enjoyable in some way, you know, like I, I wasn't like, oh, a scene with this person. Like I enjoyed every scene again because even if it didn't make sense as a whole it's like when you're in the scene it was enjoyable yeah i think if you take it like that the sum of its parts are greater than the whole maybe is that how the phrase Mm -hmm. works like each individual scene was i think good and stood up but when you tried to put it all together as a movie it's i think where where it fell apart a little bit yeah yeah uh, I'll tell you one thing i liked when uh they had everybody come up and sing at the pub towards what should have probably been the end. I liked that they were just okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did too. I, yeah. That was one of my thoughts. Cause I was like, I'm so glad they didn't dub in some <laughs> professional singing harmonies. Like I liked that it was just a pub, a little pub song. Yeah. That they just sang a very normal version of we wish you a Merry Christmas. Right. And like Kelsey Grammer is known to be a good singer. I mean, we've all listened to the end credits of Frasier. <laughs> But, <laughs> but yeah, it's not like Kelly Clarkson being right. You know, it's yeah, it's not like the yeah, it's not the girl at the end of Love Actually. You know, it's yeah, they were just they were just okay. And oh, I thought, right. <laughs> um, like it, they were just okay, and I was I was very happy about that. I thought that like it felt very real, and I think it would have been mm-hmm. weird if they could have had. Uh, Paulina break into a chorus of wonderful Christmas time. That would have made me oh, happy. That, I wonder if they couldn't get the rights or something. Well, I'm yeah. sure that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I was kind of having that thought too. Like when you're saying that it was, I like, I liked it too, but also part of me goes like, they probably didn't have the budget to like bring in new singers or get like a flashier song. It was probably right. the cheapest option was. was we're gonna, it was, we wish you a Merry Christmas. No way. Is anyone earning royalties off that song? Yeah, that's got to be public no. domain. Plus, yeah. they yeah. probably recorded it on the day live. <laughs> like, they didn't. Right. It, it sounded like it. In yeah. Honesty. So I think yeah. that's probably what happened. But yeah, I mean. Yeah. And they had not Mumford and Sons backing them up. So it was, it was all around good. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a cute scene. That was a fun. Yeah. Cute scene. I, I'm curious. 
it, it, like in this silver lining sports and because you have been doing this thing where you've been watching all these Christmas movies, like how does this rank for you? Like, is it like middle? Is it top tier? Is it bottom tier? Like, where would you put it? I feel like it's in the middle. I mean, because look, I will still watch like the cheesy Hallmark movies like and enjoy them and cry sometimes, you know, like it'll still get me. Um, but, I, I, you know, it's I didn't dislike this movie. I thought it was fun, but it is it is long. Yes. And it's. Yeah. It would be a good background movie. It's not one that I'm like, oh, I have to watch this every year. But I wouldn't tell someone like I wouldn't be like, don't watch this. You know? It yeah, was I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think um, it's it's perfectly acceptable. I don't think it's going to become annual Christmas viewing for me. Right. Um. You know, it's not Die Hard. So. <laughs> right. It's what not is? even Jack Christmas, unfortunately. Yeah, or Jack, Jack Christmas, Christmas, the John, the John Cleese diehard <laughs> knockoff. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it's uh, because I, I think I really like Chris Marshall as an actor. So like, whenever I see him, that makes me happy. I think he, you know, um, he's funny. I think he plays the the sort of put upon character really well. Um, I'm, I think I've only seen him do that, but. Uh, yeah. You have like in uh, Death at a Funeral and mm-hmm. Love Actually. He's all he's not playing too far away from right. that character. But, you know, if you're good at I mean, Kelsey Grammer kind of does one thing, too. He sure does. <laughs> I, yeah. I, Whatever but I, works. I do want to specifically give a shout out to Kelsey Grammer, uh, who I think this is his third appearance on this podcast. That's because, true. Love it. Because there's <laughs> there's a lot of people who could play dad who left for 27 years and crush it and and that's it's an again it's an archetype it works he's really good casting for it but the the magic of kelsey Grammer, the reason that you you spend the money for him is the two scenes the one where he talks to his granddaughter about the pageant and the one where he has the heart to heart about don't leave your family like I yeah. did because yeah. the dude can like flip that switch and play complete sincerity, heartfelt scene at the drop of a hat. And it it's good. He's really good at it. Yes. It's yeah. almost yeah, like church scene. It is, is, that's a good, is scene. a good scene. Yeah. As, as, that's like probably one of the better, like purely dramatic scenes in the movie. Yep. And that's yeah. all him. <laughs> like, right. right. Yeah. And it, it's almost like he spent two thirds of his career playing a character whose primary purpose was giving people advice. Yeah. Right. It's almost like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Weird how that works out. Um, but no, it's, uh, you know, I like, I liked the way the sister relationship felt very real. I loved like, the, the youngest sister stealing all the stuff, like the car and the clothes and all of that. Like that, that was crazy, though. Like, <laughs> well, but I mean, just as like a move, like I bought, like it felt like a very younger sister. Like sure. I'm gonna take your car, but like what was wild, which I did totally. find funny, but like is kind of like ridiculous. Is I loved that that both Elizabeth Hurley and uh, her boyfriend bought into the idea that they had to give their stuff up to the church. Like that he's like, my what was it like Alexis, right? Or whatever. He's like, my car yeah, his Rolls Royce. His Rolls Royce. It's yeah. like, dude, you could just take the car back. Like why right. are he's you? like has to win it back. I'm like, yeah. that's your car. It's like, no, <laughs> that's that's stolen property. You could <laughs> you could very much just have your car back. But right. yeah, like the fact that he is playing along to have to win it is funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, it made it more fun. 
Yeah. And like when they're selling the clothes, you know, and it's this is like a like off the rack from Paris, Louis right. Vuitton and yeah, or two whatever. Pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're all right. going for like one or two pounds. <laughs> like, exactly right. what swap meat clothing goes for. Like yeah, that right. was like that was just it's simple, but it works. And yeah. you know, yeah. like that I think this movie made the right choice to not mess with formula too much. Yeah. Um because sure. I feel like there's gotta be when you're making a Christmas movie that's not especially the one that's not for the Hallmark channel to not, to try to break from formula and try to do something different. And right. I think that the, the fact that this movie uh, just like did its own thing with like the, the father reveal and all there's some things it was doing, but it would like, it didn't try to upset the apple cart too much. And I think that's, uh, I think it was the right choice. I think it, it made, it made good sense um, to just kind of deliver on some classic comedy scenes and some heartfelt moments of family togetherness and the family coming to get like, who doesn't want to see a family that has some issues come together and be happy. You know, it, it just hit me like, as you were saying that too, like it's always kind of the joke of like a, a movie written by like, we showed a bot, like a hundred Christmas movies. Like this feels like Netflix figured out how to make a robot write a Christmas movie. <laughs> like when you really think about it. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's why it's called Father yeah. Christmas is back. Yeah, it's just a it's that's word salad. If you really think about it, they're the Christmases. It does get like, oh, my God, it really does kind of feel like a script like that you would see on Twitter of someone being like, this, that, is, that yeah. is a good point. It kind of does. Yeah, but it, it worked. Kind of <laughs> it did work. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. bought into it. <laughs> We're going to find out that the writers don't actually exist and they're, they, it was actually yeah. just a robot. 100% it was a robot. It's just a robot. We've come to the singularity. We've done it. I thought it was weird when the credits said written by Christmas Tron 3000, but I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was a pen name, oh, I, I guess. The guy's name was Chris Miss Tron 3000. Yeah. Like, it was like an, he's like a big outcast fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no. Yeah. I don't, like... Liz Hurley, I think, was great in this movie. I think she might have been my favorite character. I realized how much I have missed Elizabeth Hurley by watching this movie. Because, like, I saw her and then it was, like, that kind of thing where you're like, oh, man. Like, yeah, what happened to Elizabeth Hurley? Which I think is that she had kids. But, uh, (laughs) like, it made me so happy to see her in this movie. She's great in this movie. Uh, She's fantastic. Yeah, her and, uh, like, her and uh, the guy who played Felix. Like, I thought it was so cute. Yeah. She had her. She was good at playing her character, like. I'm with the man for three months, but then like how they were together at the end didn't seem fake. Like I yeah. I was like, yeah, she wants it to work. And I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. They also did like the really great, some of the best things that like threading it was like how much she did not like her sister's children. <laughs> like, right, and how right. like, like the scene where she's yelling at both of them and the, the little boy has like all the makeup on really did crack yeah. me up too. Yeah. Like, like that was yeah, a great it's funny scene. Cause she, yeah, the, um, you know, the blonde, the main girl is like, they're just children. Elizabeth Hurley's like, not my choice, your choice. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it did a really good job of setting up the idea. And like you said, yeah, at the end, it's not like she has a big turn, but you feel like, right. you know, that she's kind believable. of accepted this. Yeah. Yeah. Something I think they could have played for a bigger laugh is when she reveals that the pregnancy test is her, is hers. Um, that when Felix asks, is it mine? Like, <laughs> like that just seems to track. They sh- I think they should have hit right. that a little bit harder. But yeah, like, even if she did, like, that. if she put some fingers up to, like, do the math, like, just right. to make sure, because the idea no, is, like, yours. yeah, 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 uh, I think, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, and I, I thought like she's great, and yeah. you know, I loved her in Austin Powers, uh, Bedazzled, another movie that I'm sure will show up on this podcast someday, at some point someday. Um, <laughs> she, I loved her in that. Like she's no, she's a fantastic comedic actor. Like, yeah, she really, she really yeah, and um is also only four years younger than the actress that played her mom. <laughs> oh, no wow. Way. Yeah, because the, the mother was born in 1960 and she's born in 1964. Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> 25 years younger than her and I don't look as good as she does. So No. <laughs> yeah, she looks great. No, none of us look at, like she looks amazing. Like, just, yeah. Yeah. I think she's um, been in a hyperbaric chamber since the last movie that she since Austin Powers. Since Austin Powers, yeah, <laughs> she's just been waiting yeah. to make Father Christmas's back. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean, but um, and actually, uh, another character I really liked was uh, April Bowlby as Jackie, the new wife. Um, yes, yeah. Oh my I, god, I love her. Yeah, yeah. I I've, I love, love that show her. Doom Patrol that she's on. Like, yeah, I'm a big fan of her in general. Like, and she was really great in this. Yeah, well, and I like the way that, like, she clearly didn't fit in, like, at all. But the family, like, still tried to make her fit in in that sort of stiff upper lip British way. Uh, was really great. Like, when she did, like, the super gaudy American Christmas lights. Like, one, yeah. how did that happen? <laughs> right. I know, I was trying to think, like, did she, who did she call? Yeah, yeah. where did the decorations come from? <laughs> and, and two, yeah. the lights were already on. What was she plugging in? Yes. Right. <laughs> I also weirdly thought she was going to die in that scene. I don't know why, I but I really too. Yeah, I like, there was that, that there was a non-zero chance that that was Yeah. Yeah. Or like something would happen to her. Yeah, she was getting electrocuted. Yeah. At, at yeah. the very least they do like the the sooty face, like the spiky hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, right. Or like the the cheesy like you can see her skeleton effect. Right. Something. Right. Um kind of glad they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then it just felt weird that the power just went out. Cause like you said, it seemed like all the lights were already lit up anyway. Yeah. yeah like, um, and then like the power, like they showed the breaker was melted. Yes. And it's Christmas. And then, and then everything was fine. Yeah. Right. Like it's Christmas day. Right. No one is coming out to fix your electric, like to right, rewire right. your house, your castle or whatever. Like. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if any of you listeners out there own a castle. I assume many of you do, but uh, Nick Cage, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, you know, you're not going to get someone out to the middle of the Yorkshire countryside on Christmas no. day, especially in England where Christmas is a huge deal. And you're not even that, getting them on boxing day. It's the no, 27th no. minimum. Like, at right. the earliest. Yeah. At the very, right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like they see them like taking all the stuff out of the fridge. Like, that's not what you keep the fridge closed. Right. right. Like, it'll, it'll hold temperature for at least a day. Well, and then they put right. it outside and then we're like, oh, my God, wild animals <laughs> ate it. Yes. Shut yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's food. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, a Christmas round 3000 let us down a little bit there. Uh, but yeah. um, at the same time, like. Yeah, it just. It was just a sweet holiday movie, mm -hmm. and I, I think it, it did what it set out to do. And it's, you know, if, if I had had this movie on while I was wrapping presents or putting up the tree or baking cookies or whatever, all those Christmassy activities that we all do, um, I, I think I would have probably 
like every time I looked up, I'd have been like, oh, that's a nice scene. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. gone back to whatever I was doing. And then, yep. you know, yeah. and I don't think you can ask for much more out of a straight to Netflix Christmas movie, in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was reading some of the reviews and people like hated this movie. And I'm like, it is a Christmas movie. Like, what do you want? Yeah. I thought <laughs> right. I saw that too. Like, yeah, it, I think it's unfairly maligned, especially because, you know, my wife and I have been watching like we've been putting Christmas movies on in the background and stuff. And like, that's why I kind of wanted to see where you ranked it, because I'm like, I've seen some movies that are much worse than this one. Yeah, like unwatchably worse. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's yeah, I mean, again, yeah, I think Andy nailed it. Like put this on and do something else. But like it's perfectly pleasant. And I would also agree with the idea of like probably 20 minutes too long Christmas movie. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so screw you, critics. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> yeah, I just I would love to know the person who watched this and hated it. Like, what what were you hoping for? <laughs> but yeah. like, because right. the bar for Christmas movies is, I think, justifiably low. Yes, yeah. and that's yeah. so totally okay. Like, you sh- you you shouldn't be judging Christmas movies by the same standard that you're judging, you know, prestige pictures released in late December. Right. Right. These are movies that are filmed in May, released in November, and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, moves on. And it's like, oh, that was fun. Right. Yep. Right. Well, I think we but did it. I, I think we did it. Yeah. I, I definitely think we did it. Yeah. Um, but Jill, thank you so much yeah. for being here. Yeah, thank uh, you. Where can people find you? Where, If you want to find out about your Christmas stuff and everything else you have going yes. on. Um, my website is JillianVitco.com. I'm Jillian Vitko on pretty much all platforms. You can find me there. <laughs> and if you need a good Christmas movie recommendation, uh, stay tuned to her Instagram stories. That's where you'll yes. find all of the updates. Oh, yes. Uh, if you're in the New York City area, you can see her doing improv uh, and other other such things. And go watch Honey Dough. That's, uh, yes. <laughs> that's uh, your short film that has been mm-hmm. getting good reviews. Give that a watch. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming and, and being on the show. And it was uh, it was our pleasure to have you and, and Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you. I loved I love talking about Christmas movies. So anytime. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and yeah, and Merry Christmas to all our listeners, too. This is our last show before Christmas. So mm-hmm. thank you for listening to all of our Christmas movies. Uh, we are off next week, but then yes. we will be back uh, next year. That's so weird to say but it will be back in 2022 2022 yes. i'm still trying to figure out what happened to 2021 but that's okay and 2020 what and, yeah let's just call it 2018 again and we'll yeah. just go from there that yeah. works 2018 again that's the our netflix christmas movie like new year's movie that we're all writing together 2018 is back yeah just like yeah, there it is there it is you know we did it full circle <laughs> Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Connor. From Potato. Salad. Marmalade. Eight. 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 Potato Salad Marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out.